Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of Will and Ted's Excellent Wrestling Rewind. I'm Ted. And I'm Will. And it's time to rewind. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. As you guys know, I'm Ted. This is Will, and we're here for Will and Ted's Excellent Wrestling Rewind. And today we are here to talk to you guys about our top 10 male wrestlers of all time. Well, this is an exciting subject. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting because we are we are two different eras of wrestling. Yes, we are. And and so listen, when, when we talk about this, we're talking about how this came about for us. So for me, it's in terms of your best entertainers, in my opinion, all around entertainers of all time. And it's the same with me. But like I said, I I grew up watching a, a totally different era than you did. Yep. So my list is gonna be. I, I think there's going to be some, there's going to be a lot of overlap, but mm-hmm. there's there's probably going to be some people on here that probably aren't going to be on your list. Yes, and and I would agree with that. Now, so here's my thing, though. Um, Will, for those of you that have not backlogged and watched all of our stuff, what you should do, and you should like, comment, share, and subscribe. Yes. Okay? And uh, you should buy the ACPW videos. There you go, Ty, <laughs> cheapest plug, you know, cheap plug, all right? So Ty's going to love that one. Ty's going to love it. So for those of you that don't know who Ty is... Go back and watch last Tuesday's episode <laughs> with the ACPW review and highlight show where we had our first ever guest wrestler in Tyreno oh, on the show. Man. There's another plug. Look at this. I could be a WWE <laughs> commentator. I could do it tomorrow for just $9.99. You too oh, can be a God. subscriber to the WWE Network. So, um, you know, Will has an assignment from oh, Mike and man. I. And Mike is a guy that we regularly have on the show. He's, it's been a while since we've had Mike in. We're going to have to yeah, bring him in, gonna, in yeah. a little bit. But, um, you know, he has a, an assignment, basically, to go back and watch Starcade, WCW Starcade, from about 1991. Yeah, he said 91 until the end until of... Until the end of WCW. Yeah. And he's, he's gotten through a few of them, but he's not I really into the I think I'm around, like, time. 96-ish now? Okay, so like, you've gotten a fair, yeah, fair way. Have, you're like getting to, like, the heyday of WCW right now. Yeah. Is what you're getting to right now. H- Hogan and Macho Man basically <laughs> just showed up in, on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so... Yeah, you're in for a real <laughs> rough ride from here to the end. But that's okay. Oh, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy it. There's some awesome Vince Russo writing in there. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Do you want to kick this off? Yeah, let's with kick my it number off. 10? Yeah, with, with your number 10. Let's go. My number 10, a lot of people I know nowadays, people don't like him and everything, but it's Big Mash John. It's John Cena. Okay. Explain, please. So I know... That he doesn't have the best technical in-ring ability, but the dude is so good with a microphone in his hand. Yep. I'm, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's one of the best talkers yeah. of all time. He, for sure. You can't get away from his body of work in the company. I agree. I agree. So One of my favorite things growing up watching him was his feud with Edge over that WWE Championship. Oh, yeah, the spinny belt. Yeah, the spinny belt. belt, man. <laughs> spinny belt WWE Championship. Oh, man. I wonder if that'll make our list that of was titles. Like, that was like a year-long It was. Feud. And it was one of the most developed feuds. It was, feuds. So, it was so good. good. It was very good. It was absolutely excellent. And Edge made him and look like a uh, superb in-ring wrestler yeah. in every one of those matches because Edge was so talented that he yeah. could do that. So. I mean, I don't disagree with him being on your list in particular because yeah. it's I mean, like, he was he was the guy as I was growing up watching it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, 
a lot of people give John Cena a lot of crap. And so, like, I went to Survivor Series 2006 when it was in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, which was awesome because it was the the only time I got to see The Undertaker wrestle. Okay. It was a really solid, solid night for me. And I got to see DX wrestle, too, <laughs> which was awesome. Um, but there were people out in the parking lot who were just screaming, F John Cena! He effing sucks! And I was like, calm down. Whoa. Like, relax. Easy. Because if this were... Again, like you said, he doesn't have the best in-ring technical skill. Right. But for what his gimmick was, he was perfect for it. Exactly. And so, and my, my answer to that now, you know, 13 years later... Being a little bit smarter of a fan than I was yeah. then. Back then, admittedly, I was like, yeah, F that guy. Because I was like, <laughs> you know, I was just another guy. But but now, looking back on it, I think to myself, well, you know what? If Big Match John had been Big Match John in 97 instead of 2007, he would have been revered like the rock or stone cold Steve Austin. Because yeah. look at them. Neither of them were... The best in ring technicians of all time. In fact, yeah. The Rock is quoted as ha- you know by several of the personalities out there in professional wrestling now on the in IWC as having the worst sharpshooter of all time. <laughs> you know, um, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin had seven moves, and he threw other things in there. Yeah, I mean, he it, could do a decent drop to a hold and then roll over. You know, especially when he was younger and he was going coming up through WCW and ECW. Yeah, who he I've could go. recently seen him as with, stunning Steve Austin. It's, Weird seeing him with hair, man. Yes, yes. But I can totally see John Cena in that er- attitude era being revered as a god. Yeah, because a he would have had more, you know, more he would leeway have had on way, the mic. Yeah, way more freedom on the mic. Okay, <laughs> and b he would have fit in exactly with that crowd. He would have fit in exactly with the Rock, which I mean, is exactly we, why he and the Rock was a dream match. Because they were the same wrestler from two different eras. <laughs> His the Doctor of Thugonomics, I think, would have fit perfectly in the Attitude Era. Absolutely, and Absolutely. we when we got to see that at WrestleMania this year, that was fun. That was awesome. I popped. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie, I popped for it. I, yeah. was like, I was like, "Oh man, did we just hear word life? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like let's go." Oh man, poor, poor Elias, but. <laughs> Someone, someone had to go. Listen, down Elias for it. has gotten a pretty good push since then. I'm, yeah. really, I'm not really too concerned about Elias. All right, so that, that's a good number ten for you. Yeah. So my number ten is like on the other end of the spectrum from yours, right? <laughs> my number ten is actually Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yes. Okay, and so Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for me, my real first exposure to him was that last run he had with Chris Jericho when Chris was running through all of the Hall of Famers. Okay. Uh, as that as that gimmick in his and one of his one of his iterations of his character <laughs> in WWE, runs. right? And I was just like, "Wow, this guy is old as hell, but he is still <laughs> going. Like he's good. Holy crap! I wonder what he was like when he was younger." And so I was like, "Huh, I'm gonna go back and watch some of the stuff when he was younger. YouTube, let's see, you know." <laughs> and and I'm sitting there, I'm going, "Huh." I wish I were a wrestling fan during this time because yeah. this is freaking awesome. Him and Ric Flair, freaking awesome. You I mean, know? it's just incredible. And like I said, with me going back and through watching Starcade, I've literally only seen one match with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in it, and it was incredible. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Young Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, yeah. it's like, huh, I could watch you all day. It's like, it's so th- easy yeah, to I watch. I think it was Starcade 94. Yeah, probably. That sounds yeah. right. That sounds right. Don't quote us on that because we're, yeah. we don't have sheets of information yeah. in front of us. Okay, I only but, have my phone in front of me. I can look it up. No, well, whatever. But you know, that takes time. That takes time and effort. <laughs> and we're low on effort these days. Yeah. Okay, but um, 
You know, but that that's really, really and truly, you know, he was so easy to watch yeah. in the ring. And talking about ring technician, so easy to yeah. watch. And so that's something that made him... I mean, he edged out Hulk Hogan. He edged out Dusty Rhodes. He edged out Bruno Sammartino off okay. my list. Because... Those are some big names. They too. are. They're huge names. But I, like I said, I'm talking about best overall entertainer. And I yeah. don't think that those guys... Dusty was really close. Hulk was really close. But I think Ricky the Dragon Steamboat had like the combination of being able to talk on the mic... And deliver in the ring. Okay. Number nine. Number nine. And I think we kind of, I think we have, I'm pretty sure we have the same person here. We didn't really go over our list. Right. But number nine for me is Chris Jericho. Hot dog. (laughs) You and me both. That dude is just, he's an entertainer. He is. He is. He's the epitome of being able to go on the mic and then seamlessly transition into... Right in the ring. Right in the ring. Which is why that set of matches with him and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was like... Yeah. Awesome. And I mean, for me, I think it's also the same for you. He'd probably be higher on the list. But he's still going right Right. now. Yes, that's exactly how I feel. Yep. Yep. So I can only only imagine, especially with him now being the quote-unquote face of AEW because he, he is their first champion. He's the face that runs the place. The bubbly. A <laughs> little bit of the bubbly. God. <laughs> I've, I also love the fact that he lost the belt yes. right after he won it. <laughs> Someone stole it. And then I love that I love that he, when the cops had it, they took it, they tweeted it out and then he was like all mean about it. He was a real dick about it. That was awesome. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I want to see where... I don't know if this is like going to be his last, last run, run in it in wrestling, or mm-hmm. if he will, maybe he makes a return to the WWE eventually. I don't see it happening. But I just, see, I see it happening when he goes into the Hall of Fame because he will go into <clears throat> the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's the first undisputed champion ever. Yeah, he's had more runs with yeah. the company than almost anyone. You know, he's um, and he's had so many of the classic matches at WrestleMania. Yeah. But for for me, it really all started, and it's something that I I never, like I said, it wasn't my era of watching it, but Mm -hmm. as I've gone back to watch videos on YouTube and stuff, his entrance into the WWE, for them to put The Rock in the ring, Mm -hmm. and him come, and Jericho debut with The Rock out Mm -hmm. there, Mm -hmm. that's got to mean something. To yeah, someone. absolutely. And if you go back on the uh, on the WWE Network and you watch the Monday Night Wars, yeah, the episode about Chris Jericho, they talk a lot about that and how it was like, look, man, this is your chance. You can either go out there and kill it, or you'll be working the low card by next Monday. Yeah, you know. And I mean, you you got probably two of the best people on the mic out ever. there. Yeah, and, absolutely. And Jericho held his own. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's both of our number nines. Very cool. How about your number eight? This is going to be interesting because I think a lot of, I mean, like I said, it's from my era of watching. It's CM Punk. Okay. And I know that may rub some people the wrong way because there's names on this list that I don't have, like Sting and and Dusty and Bruno and mm-hmm. guys like that. But I, I didn't grow up watching those guys. I grew up... At the time, in my prime of watching, CM Punk was the guy. I watched him starting as a mid-card guy in ECW and work his way all the way up to having one of the longest WWE uh, 
championship reigns. I completely understand what you're saying, but I'm going to have to mandate something that when you call that iteration of ECW, ECW, you ECW. Uh, yes. Okay. E- <laughs> I understand that. But it was called ECW, but it wasn't ECW. It wasn't ECW. I, that I know. Even Paul Heyman said this is going to be dead in a year. Being, <laughs> being a South Philly kid, I know what ECW actually is, and that was not it. Yes. Yes. Um, but Punk, and even... Going back and starting to watch some of his work in Ring of Honor against Joe and uh, Daniel Bryan and guys mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. I'm starting to do that a little more just to see like where he came from, and right. the dude was just good. So, <laughs> I love CM Punk. I think that he is an incredible performer. I think that he had so much left to give the business, yeah. and I think that if he had continued in the business, even if he had left WWE... He went to New Japan. He went to Impact again. Or maybe back to Ring you know, of Honor. Back to Ring of Honor. If he had taken that step back and still just stayed in the business, even if that was part-time. Yeah. And he had stayed in the business and he continued to give high that high-quality product, he probably yeah. would have made my top ten. Because he is fantastic. However, um, because that's not there, I just don't feel like I can hold his career up to... People Some, like yeah, a Chris Jericho or a Dusty Rhodes or a Ricky Steamboat because Ricky Steamboat was still performing in his fifties. Yeah. <laughs> um, now you know. I'm, I'm curious to see if he does make that return to the business, though. Well, I mean, there's news on that this week. Yeah. Where he apparently auditioned through Fox for the FS1 show with Renee Young, and Booker T says he doesn't know anything about it. He knows that he's on the show, but he doesn't know anything else about it right now. But that it's very likely I know that Fox at, is going to be offering him the Fox spot for the anchor. So he wouldn't be working for WWE. Which is which is interesting because, I mean, I know, <laughs> again, we are both martial artists. I'm more in the MMA community yes, than you are. Absolutely. His UFC <laughs> career did not go that well. No. <laughs> no. But he has been... a a commentator for like one of the lower I think it's uh it's one of those UFC, uh, you know UFC yeah one, one of the, of the UFC uh, I think it's like the northeastern mm-hmm. territory one I don't remember yep. what it is but he was a con- he, he was a commentator for yeah, him, almost I got into a fight with a fan <laughs> okay yep yep well, but listen I, his, his I fighting totally... career shows that that fan mm-hmm. might have had a chance yes <laughs> yes and I, listen I totally I totally dig that as your number eight spot I yeah. respect that um, my number eight spot goes to Sting. Okay. So, Sting would have been higher on my list. Yeah. There he is. Sting, Sting was my favorite wrestler. You know, we got the Sting mask back here, for those of you that can't see it. We got an action figure of Sting back there. Hey! So, <laughs> Sting... Oh, oh, no! You went and knocked him over. Oh, no! Oh, you, you, you killed it. Just, just leave it. <laughs> All right. So... <laughs> so... <laughs> So Sting was like, he was my guy. Yeah. You know, he was my guy. And he didn't have to say a word. There was a year and a half where he didn't say a word. (laughs) And he was the most anticipated thing in wrestling. He stood in the rafters and looked at people and they were popping. (laughs) Like, I mean, uh, duh. Uh, So, (laughs) so, and then you take his in-ring his in-ring performance into account. And his in-ring performance, even up through his, his last run when he was with the WWE, he could still go. Yeah. He, could he go like he could when he was surfer staying when he was in his 20s? 
No. no. But <laughs> that to me so far in watching the Starcade stuff, that's all I've seen so far is Surfer's thing. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to the crow yet. Mm-hmm. And other than that, all I've seen was Impact's thing, and Impact's thing was a little. Eh. He's older. He's beat up a little bit. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. he had that weird Joker gimmick. And that was. Yeah. <laughs> Why so serious? Yeah. Um, so, you know, but but overall, I really do. I think that he is one of the best of all time, without a shadow of a doubt. I think he's one of the best of all time. So that's that's my number eight. Oh, my number seven. The the heir apparent. Triple H. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you like I said, you gotta you look at his body of work and the hilarious thing of me watching Starcade was his debut in WCW. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You, I texted you and Mike, I was like, wait. <laughs> yep. Yep. But from from that to be where he is now. It's, it's a just, long journey. It is the long journey, and there's... I mean, he married the right girl. Yeah, that helps. And then paid for her implants so she would look good on TV. <laughs> <laughs> You're oh, welcome. Oh, man. But just, like, his... His role in the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. Leading into the Attitude Era, and then from... From and having there, to step up, in, yeah. And having to step up because I mean, he went from being the sidekick, yeah, you know, of the Attitude Era to oh, I've got to lead this charge now, yeah, okay, and just doing it which from everything he did again, growing up in the time that I did, the stuff that he was doing with Shawn Michaels and DX mm-hmm. was just hilarious. So one of my, <laughs> one of my, it's not one of my best matches of all time. But one of my favorite matches of all time is the storytelling match between he and Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 2002 mm-hmm. when Shawn came back and Shawn yeah, Shawn wasn't back even injury and Shawn wasn't even in wrestling gear. He wore like the the things like the the stirrups, yeah. but he wore them over his jeans and he had this white <laughs> white beater on with Philippians 413 on it. Oh, and man. and I remember like I had friends over it was one of the few pay-per-views cuz that's before the WWE network. Yeah. You know, long before and um and so I had a couple of friends over and like we had split the the cost of the yeah. pay-per-view and my parents were both at work and you know so I'm like I'm run up to my house and I get uh, up to my room and I get my bible to look up what the bible verse is yeah. you know like and and I was like man this match is awesome There's a lot there's a lot more to this match than actually Yeah. Yeah, and it was so good. It was a roll-up finish before roll-ups were well it wasn't a roll-up it was a it was a rollover pin. Yeah. You know, before before roll-ups were a popular finish in the WWE, and it was just like, wow. Yeah. Holy. And sugar. <laughs> and to me, it, it also goes beyond his in-ring stuff, because what Triple H is doing with NXT, yeah. it's it's showing that when it's time for Vince to step down, he, he needs to be the guy to take over. Yep. I mean, there's no... Yeah, there's there's no other thing to say at that point. Yeah. I mean, and to me, NXT is... If you're looking for pure wrestling, NXT is the, the top brand mm-hmm. in, in the WWE. Yeah. It, sh- it shows that, I mean, yeah, we have Heyman and Bischoff running Raw and SmackDown, but Triple H is doing way better than both of them. Yes. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great choice. So I'm going to get crap for not having this person higher up on my list. I know I am. I can tell, like, the guys at ACPW are going to be like, really? <laughs> really? But my number seven is Bret Hart. Okay. And, um... Again, he didn't... People are going to give me crap because he didn't make my list and CM Punk did, so... <laughs> yep. <laughs> I didn't really but, watch Bret growing up, so... <laughs> so listen, I think that Bret is quite possibly... The best storyteller in the ring of all time. Okay. Um, well, I can't. I can't say that. I, I think that he and Sean are tied for that. Um, which is why their Iron Man match, even though it was long as hell, <laughs> um, is almost impossible to walk away from. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll have to make note of that and go watch it. Yes. Yes. The problem I have with Brett is that Brett never really changed with the times. Okay. I can he see wanted that. To, he wanted to be the old guard of wrestling when the Attitude Era kicked in and when wrestling took a more realistic staging mm-hmm. in pop culture. And he kind of fought that and he didn't. He felt like it was below him. And I think because of that, even though he still has fans to this day that bread is God signs and, you know. I mean, when, when his music hits, no matter where it is. Oh, yeah, the pop is there. Yeah. You know, we, we saw that at at WrestleMania when he came out for Jim and the Anvil Nineheart. You know? Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, I really and truly think that if Brett had been willing to give just a little bit more and become just a little bit edgier, <clears throat> then A, he would have been more successful in the WWE, wouldn't have had to have left for WCW, wouldn't yeah. have gotten those concussions with Bill Goldberg, Oof. and wouldn't have had his career cut short by 20 years. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that he would probably be higher off on my list because I think he would be a more entertaining superstar in the later eras. But he never... Really went there. Okay. He did. He he pushed the envelope a little bit with grudge matches, which was always cool. But after that, it was always clean, clean as a whistle, you know. So that's my number. My number seven. My number six is Shawn Michaels. So again, same same thing with Triple H. Just his career's been longer, mm-hmm. and the dude the dude has changed so much. Like his. His style has changed multiple times through what he did. I mean, again, I saw more of the end of his career than the beginning of his career. Mm -hmm. I know he had a lot of good feuds in the beginning of his career, one being with Brett Mm -hmm. and and that whole thing. We could do a whole episode on that. That that would be considered the middle of his career from the historian standpoint. But yes, but yes, you're you're absolutely correct. I mean, I'm trying to save you from the comment section. Well... (laughs) We need people to comment for there to be a comment section. That's true. It's an accurate statement. <laughs> but I mean, I got to watch three of the matches that stand up to me with him are the two the two mania matches against the Undertaker and the match that he retired Ric Flair. Yeah, and I think that his match with the Undertaker the first time would be considered one of the best matches of all time. Yeah, I would even go so far as to say. <clears throat> It may be the best match of all time. I 
to me it is that that's the, one of the matches that grow again growing up that that is the match to me right right i mean it 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 has two of my favorite wrestlers in it to begin with and the, they just that was that was at a time where you could put on a half hour to 45 minute match at mania in in this era and people wouldn't blink an eye yep now we have WrestleMania cards that are 20 matches long and everybody gets five minutes. Yeah. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. All right. Um, so my number six. Oh, hold on. I have a snafu on my list. Uh-oh. My number, not, my number six on my list is actually Triple H. Okay, so... So I'm not that far behind you there. Yeah. I think that, that his contribution in the wrestling community is is absolutely... Spot on with what you said. Yeah. Um, I think that his work with Chris Jericho and Mick Foley in the early 2000s was probably his strongest era. His stuff with The Rock was really good, too. But I think his stuff with Chris Jericho and his stuff with Mick Foley really brought out the the density of his character. It brought out all the layers of his character. So I think that that really pushed him in a way that... um, that he hadn't been pushed before. So he, he fell to number six on my list. Where's your five? Again, I mean, I you have to look at his his body of work to me, mm-hmm. but it's Hulk Hogan. I mean, I love I love listening to the guy on, listening to the guy on the mic. Mm-hmm. Obviously his style doesn't really fit what everybody does now, mm-hmm. but back then when he was the guy for a long time, it doesn't get what it, it doesn't get much better than that. No, and um, I mean, obviously, I have him at number five, so there are a few people that are ahead of him, but there are more people that I watched growing up. Yeah, I can't, I can't not have him on my list because if it wasn't for him, a lot of the guys on my list wouldn't wouldn't, been wouldn't be here, right? Um, and I think that it says a lot about Hulk Hogan that he was brought in to resurrect WCW. Yeah, when Eric Bischoff first took over as a producer, so I think that says a lot, and. Um, you know, they named that Thursday night show Thunder after after his run on that awful television show. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's um listen Oh man and I, I call it like I see it. He was in one of the Rocky movies. I can't I can't Yeah. <laughs> it was Thunder Lips, man. That's true, that's true. Like I said, he, he there is that is that Thunder again. <laughs> but uh he uh you know, he just got edged out on my list, like I said earlier. Yeah. But but I totally respect that for real. My um my number five is the Undertaker. Okay, I think the Undertaker has probably been the stalwart and has been the the locker room leader the longest in professional wrestling. Yeah. And I think you know in the United States because there's people in Japan like Muda and stuff like that that probably were just as long the, yeah. the locker room leader. But um, as far as as I can see, I mean the the Undertaker is really just. He's been dominant his whole career. Yeah. I mean, he has one of the longest streaks at WrestleMania. I'm still know, kind of think... upset that they that they ended that streak. I think that was something that should have kept running. Yeah, but then when they did it a second time, I was like, well, no, their minds are made up. So, yeah. obviously, it was for something. It's streaks. And I know, I know that, because, I mean, I'm, I don't want to jump ahead of you, but my number four is The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. So, we might as well both talk about it now. Yeah, no, Absolutely. But um, I know Brock didn't want to be the guy to break that streak. Right. 
or uh, they they kind of told him that he had to. Right. So it kind of just is what it is. It right. also gave us one of the best memes ever with the uh, the guy in the front row. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. The um, you know, and something I'll say is there streaks in professional wrestling have one of two purposes. They can either solidify a legacy, or they can put someone over. Yeah. And if you're good enough, it'll do both. And that's what happened to Undertaker. Yeah. It solidified his legacy. And it put over Brock Lesnar as being the guy that beat the streak. Yeah. Which, I, which it, now it, means that anyone, if you do wrestler math, yeah, it now means that anyone that beats Brock Lesnar may have been able to break the streak, streak which which puts them in a different category. Yeah. That's why Seth Rollins is now in a different category. Yeah. Okay. Roman Reigns is in a different category. Even though... He, They're not he the most popular beat, people. Well, Roman also didn't beat the streak. He he just beat the Undertaker at Mania. Yeah. Which, yes, is a big thing. And I think if it wasn't, if it was Roman that broke the streak, it would have destroyed Roman. Yes. People people would not no. want him anywhere near the WWE. No. Brock was more legitimate because Brock and Taker had had. History. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the first time those two had faced off with each other. You know, so it, it, it made sense. Um, all right, so you said you're number four. Yeah, right? my, four, my was, number four is Taker. Taker's also, if you go back and watch our About Us video, Taker's also my favorite wrestler. Good job with the cheap plug. Yeah! You missed. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my number four actually is also my favorite wrestler from the... <laughs> From the About Us video, it's Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Um, and Shawn Michaels, to me, like I said, he's one of the... I mean, he, I really and truly, he's probably one of, to me, the most entertaining wrestler of yeah. all time. But I think that thinking about other people's popular opinion, um, he would be behind a couple of people. If for no other reason, because <laughs> it doesn't matter what time of day. Normally, we still going to yawn, no matter it's, what. It's the afternoon. Today, yeah, I'm yawning. It's... it's Maybe it's just good luck or something. I don't know. But, um, you know, Sean had that break in his career, that four-year break in his career, right when his momentum was hot. If he yeah. hadn't have had that four-year break, he would probably be probably be number one. Okay. Um, and I'm not saying that anyone that takes a break from wrestling loses spots on my list, but I just think that he lost his momentum yeah. right when he was the hottest. It's, it's he was tough. the hottest thing in yeah. wrestling. It's, tough, it's tough to gain that momentum back. Right. Right. And I mean, I, I spoke a little bit earlier about Sean, but what I will say is that Sean, throughout his career, gave us some of the most memorable moments yeah. in professional wrestling. The barbershop window incident. Yep. Um, WrestleMania 10. Sean jumping off the, yeah, the ladder onto, onto Razor. Um, in that in that epic ladder match for the two, you know, for the unified Intercontinental Championship, the um, you know the the incident with Bret Hart, yeah, you know, Montreal Screwjob, Montreal Screwjob. I mean, um, like I said to me, another one that sticks out is at Mania with against Flair. He he says, "I'm sorry, I love you," mm-hmm. and then and he blows him away. Yep, you know the the first ever Elimination Chamber match. Yep, where he wins the World Heavyweight Championship. His match at Survivor Series in 2002. I mean, the list just goes on and yeah, on and on. It, and the man just, he's been there for all of it. Yeah. He was in the first Hell in a Cell match. Yep. 
he was in the first elimination chamber, the first ladder match. I mean, he, he innovated the business. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some people might give me crap for saying that he's number four instead of number one. I don't know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's where he fell on my list. Number three, Stone Cold. Ooh. <laughs> I, I, like I said, if it was... I need to take he, a peek. I need to take a peek. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go, go. So, Stone, Stone Cold to me, again, is even better now that I've started watching some of the older stuff and seen his the beginning of his career because yep. to me he was always Stone Cold. Yep, I never saw him as anything else. As, again, seeing him with hair threw me off. <laughs> it was just a weird. Yep. But again, it, and it goes back to Triple H. If it wasn't for Triple H being the guy that he was. Mm-hmm. Who knows if we would have even gotten Stone Cold? Yeah, I mean because of the because of the the click and yeah. Madison Square Garden, the uh, the curtain call, you know, and Triple, Triple H, H being punished. He, he was supposed to win King of the Ring that right. year. Went to Steve Austin. Yep, yep. and it, it made the Stone Cold character. It did, it did. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's nothing I can argue with about with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's just, it, I the only thing I wish I, I probably would have had him higher up if he didn't get injured. It ended his career so early that it just yep. unfortunately the there wasn't more. Yeah. So <laughs> and also he is probably the best person at catching beer. Ever? Yeah. Ever. <laughs> ever. Na- name a better quarterback wide receiver duo than the guy that throws his uh, his beer to him. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Brady doesn't even come close. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't drop them. <laughs> Unlike Agalor. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you just got us like 30 dislikes <laughs> by bashing an eagle. I mean, I'm just saying. Hey, man. I mean, the guy got free tickets for saying that, so. Yeah, true. Um, so, not to jump the gun. Stone Cold's yeah. my number two. Okay. So, that, <laughs> which, which is why I freaked out a little bit because my number three is my number is, two. Is your number two. Ah! It's the rock. <laughs> so, so, listen, I. I firmly believe that if Stone Cold Steve Austin had been in the business as long as he wanted to be yeah then he would have still been in it up until a couple of years ago probably, he probably would have gotten out yeah. right um injuries kept him back from that he almost single-handedly in the Attitude Era kept the WWE from sinking yeah DX was the answer Stone Cold was the fire starter yeah and um, because we got that from him, the business changed forever. And add on top of that, that he is, in my opinion, the best talker of all time on the mic. Because he didn't have... He, he spoke the truth. Yeah. He didn't dance circles around a subject. And people loved his brevity. Um... And his, I mean, his program with Brian Pillman. I mean, God rest his soul. Um, you know, his his programs with Bret Hart. That amazing match that where you know it's just it's it's a for anyone that's a real wrestling fan that's that's been there and done the things in the places with the people. Um, you know, that image of Stone Cold with blood just running yeah. down his face, even in if the, you never watched the, the match yeah, in the sharpshooter. And, yeah, and I mean, just, you just know that moment, even if yep. you've never seen the match. Um, Stone Cold did that. 
Bret Hart didn't do that. Yeah. Stone Cold did that. And so I, I feel like he, just like Shawn Michaels, gave us so many of those memorable moments. Yep. No, yeah. Memorable mo- moments. <laughs> um, which is why he's my number two. The Rock... I think is a very close second on the mic to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who is my number two, and I think The Rock is the best guy on the mic so to ever do it. So I think that he was probably the most creative person on the mic to ever do it. I think that he spoke very easily on the microphone. But I don't think that he got down to brass tacks enough when he was a heel. I think he was still... I think he could have been a lot better. He was trying to be the, the people's heel. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for me, that always bothered me. Like, why are you still crowd grabbing right now? Like, we're supposed to hate you. Yeah. You're supposed to make us want to hate you. <laughs> you know? And, and, like, he joined the corporation. We're supposed to hate you right now. Stop it. Yeah. Like, stop, you know, trying to crowd please right now. Get out of here. I mean, to me, one of the... Just the Rock's adaptability in the company always stood out to me. I agree with that. I statement. mean, if you look at... How he started, and people literally wanted him to die. To where he went, it's incredible. And yeah. again, speaking of adaptability, his match at Mania with Hogan, where they oh literally had to flip roles. Uh huh. Mid match, just absolutely incredible. You don't absolutely you don't incredible. see that from people. Absolutely no. And listen, I think that that is a prime example of why he's in the top three for both of us. Yeah. Um. I think that ultimately they could be two or three interchangeable. Yeah, to me they are because I think since you've looked at my list, I'm pretty sure we both have the same number one. Yeah. And the people obviously I think they kinda know where we're going after yep. this. Yeah. Because he's the only person we haven't said yet. Yes. But so so I'm just gonna tell you why Stone Cold edged out the rock for me. Okay. They're finishers. I've I will say I love the way The Rock sells the stunner. It's awesome. It is. But but I think that the stunner is so much more of a real finisher than the people's yeah. elbow. The people's I was, elbow I was, was the rock bottom more as his finisher, but it, it became the, it was it was really the, the people's, people's elbow. elbow. He he pinned them after the people's elbow <laughs> or the corporate elbow, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, like like literally, it was it was a dance move where he fell on a guy and then pinned them. The best, and, the best to me was like it's so stupid because he runs back and forth like two times and, and then, then stops. stops. <laughs> like, what was all the momentum for? Come on, that meant absolutely nothing. It's like the five knuckle shuffle. Yeah, I'm going to bounce off the ropes and stop and do a shimmy. Huzzah! <laughs> you know, it's it, get out of here. Get out of here with that. It's awful. All right, oh, so number man. one on three. One, two, three. It's Ric, Ric Flair. Flair. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Woo! <laughs> I can't even do it anymore. I can't. I'm uh, so rude out. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to try. No. I'm just going to embarrass myself. It's bad. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Ric Flair. And so, he encompasses everything we've talked about absolutely. through this list. Absolutely. He's the most entertaining person I've ever watched. I, in, in any iteration of where he was, WCW, I mean, for me, WCW, WWE, Impact. Yeah, I mean, he was when he was in TNA. And even <laughs> like when he was in the AWA and NWA, like, he was he was in a different ball game than everybody else. He's just, like, he's so far ahead of everyone. You know, and I think that um, the fact that, and this is really what pushed him to number one over everybody else for me, in my brain. He was able to still go. 
in high-profile, high-risk matches, well into his fifties, climb you know climbing yep. into his sixties. I mean his his retirement match with Shawn Michaels wasn't his last match. No, no, that was just <laughs> the last time he wrestled in the WWE. Yeah. I mean, two months before that, he did a TLC match, you know, on Raw. Incredible, <laughs> just like... right? So here's here's my thing. Ric Flair has instilled something that almost every single wrestler uses. He made it popular. The knife edge chop. Yep. And without Ric Flair, I don't know that that becomes a constant move in everyone's repertoire. And I was over at Proving Grounds for ACPW a couple nights ago. And King was teaching those guys how to chop each other. <laughs> and it was just fun. I mean, <laughs> I mean we've gone to, to many shows in, in our wrestling fandom. It doesn't matter who throws a chop. What do people say when it happens? They, yeah, everybody exactly. woos. Exactly. It and does I, not matter. I think that that may be the most iconic thing in wrestling. Yeah. It's bigger than the Andre lift. It's bigger than what you're going to do, brother. Yeah. You know, WWE doesn't sell it that way. If you ever notice that, WWE always always puts Flair before Hogan. Because mm-hmm. they want Flair to amp up the crowd for Hogan. Yeah. Especially given Hogan's I mean, if you BS lately, to, well, the to, the two biggest things, and when you think of wrestling, you think of the woo, and you think of Hulkamania. But yep. to me, it that woo is synonymous through all of wrestling. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think that when we got back to Hulkamania after Hollywood Hogan, it just wasn't the same. No, and because it wasn't the same, we got. A lack of ability to capitalize and make that something to go in every generation's memory. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I don't think when we decided to do this top ten, even though we didn't sit down and write these lists together, I think we both knew in our heads that no matter what, it was Flair that was number one. Yeah, absolutely. If it wasn't for him, I don't... First person on my list. You know, like I, I wrote down candidates and then I wrote a list and then I numbered them and Flair was the first person I wrote down. I mean, the, when I did I wrote down 1 through 10, and I started with 10 and went to 1. The first name I put on there was Ric Flair. Yeah. It's just... It, it's it, He's the guy. He is. To be the man. We, oh, don't say it. He might sue us. <laughs> All right, guys. Listen, we thank could, you for We could do a us. whole episode on Flair. So. We, we absolutely could. We absolutely could. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. Please remember to like, comment, share, subscribe. Please, 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 please follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook at Will, the letter N, Ted, W-R-E-W-I-N-D. And please, 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 guys, help us out. Share our videos with a friend. If you are in the IWC or if you are just, you know, a fan of professional wrestling and you're sitting with friends and you've come across our video, let them know about it. We want to be able to give you guys the best product that we can. That only happens if you guys continue to help us make the push. So, guys, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate you as as our viewers and as our fans. And we would certainly like to hear from you guys in the comments or on Twitter. You know, we, we've had some people that we've gotten pretty close with on, on Twitter and, yep. and um, in the wrestling community because of this program. And that's awesome. The relationships have been awesome that we've built. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I've been Ted. He's been Will. And we'll catch you next time. Woo.